Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is a special show this week. Uh, None of that news nonsense, none of that what has the team been up to kind of guff that we usually spout at you. This week is pure, focused, unadulterated Cheap Shots Challenge review. Now... These don't come around very often. Um, I'm pleased to be able to say that actually, for the first time ever, we've actually prepared for this conversation. So that's good news. Uh, we have here with us, of course, uh, Graham and Rachel, the three of us in the contest for the first time. And we have a special guest, a judge, as Graham promised, um, albeit because uh, although Graham tried to throw me under the bus last week, it was actually his fault there was no cheap shots challenge last week. But, you know, I'm not going to rub his nose in it because he sort of sorted it out this week and he has done all the prep. So thanks, Graham. Now. Our super special guest uh, is often considered by you know, the film photography community as a reclusive billionaire who lives inside a volcano. Um, recent news has come to light that actually his billionaire status is defined by the Zimbabwean dollar, <laughs> which apparently uh, means that a billion dollars is only worth about 30,000 US dollars. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, you know, with a piece of string and a can and not very much money, we can talk to M from Emulsive. M, how are you, mate? I, I'm not interested in PPI. I, I don't want to make a claim. Come on. You guys texted me. God. Hang on, hang on. Graham? Hey? <laughs> Hello? Sorry. Are we, have we got oh. your full attention now, sir? Sorry, I, I was on another call. Someone's been asking me if I was sold, missold credit insurance between 1999 and 2008. I didn't know you could buy that with Zimbabwean dollars. Well, <laughs> not anymore, but, you know, <laughs> the quality of the currency is such that you just have to apply a marker strategically and, and you know, you've got uh, other monopoly money. I, I, don't know, I don't know. Anyway. Hello, guys. Uh, hello. Good to see you. Good to sp- sorry. Good to see you. Good to speak to you. And thank you for agreeing to be our judge. While you sort out the remainder of that PPI call, uh, let's say hello to Rachel and Graham. Rachel, how are you? Hi. You're right, Ed. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. This is going to be an interesting show. I well, well, I hope that they're all interesting, actually. But I suppose the <laughs> listeners will be the judge of that. Uh, Graham, how are you doing? You know what? This PPI thing is a worry for me because only yesterday my Um, ex-wife pointed out to me that at one point I borrowed £16,000 apparently to lend to my brother which I completely forgotten about how do you forget about borrowing £16,000 to give to your incredibly flaky brother so um, M if the people on the PPI line aren't getting any joy with you can you just forward the call to me please because I might be owed some money uh, uh, they've, they've just told me I could expect between three and five thousand pounds back. Really? Yeah, and I don't need to give them any of my bank details. They just need my name and the banks I did business with. Awesome. That sounds pretty good. Right, I'm going to get right on that. Well, I'll leave you guys to this. I'm going to go and see if I'm getting me some money for the PPI. All right, enough already. Let's do a show, shall we? So that people don't just switch off before we get to the bit where I win. Right. So. <laughs> Well, I've got some catching up to do, haven't I? Right, because I'm, you know, let, let, let's review. Let's review the status before Graham reminds us of the rules. Let me just <laughs> review the status because <laughs> when when Graham reviews the status, he tends to get a bit big headed. So here we go. Right, we this, if I uh, count correctly, is the fourth round of the cheap shots challenge, and uh, cut the score 
between Graham and I is currently two to Graham and one to me. So I have some catching up to do. Uh, as I said, we have a third contestant for the first time ever uh, because Rachel has joined the team since we last did a round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. So there's three of us in the race this time. And of course, uh, we're going to be talking about and, and looking at all of the photographs that have been submitted. And it's been a bumper crop this time. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. That will be our show this week. Um, and over to Graham to remind us of the rules. Okay, the cheap shot challenge rules are really, really simple. All you need to do is pick up a camera for under $30 or about £20, somewhere around there. We're, we're pretty flexible. We're easy going here, guys, but just don't take the mickey, okay? Well, can, I, then, can I spend 10000 Zimbabwean dollars? <laughs> uh, yes, I think that probably tracks. And um, then when we have the next topic, whichever comes up, we'll announce it on the podcast and then just go forth and shoot film. Um, the f topics we've done so far, we did street photography, we've done portrait photography, we did uh, animals and wildlife, and this time around it's macro. And yeah, like I said, really, the only rule is shoot film, cheap camera, and share it with us, and be awesome. Ta-da! I think that was about it, wasn't it? We didn't go big on rules because we forget them otherwise. I think the only other thing to mention is that once you've chosen a camera, you kind of have to stick to it that same camera oh, yes yes it's funny that you difference. bring that up right <laughs> yes that is an important thing because um you know it's easy to pick up a cheap camera that might be suitable for the one thing but keeping it going through the many many different topics that we'll be covering because we picked the list of topics from the uh breakdown of different sections on the 500px website so they had all the things like landscape and fine art and all of that stuff so it's all the, the things have come from them we just picked them at random every now and again when we think about it because we're very organized and um yeah but you have to use the same camera from start to finish uh and that's why i picked a really good camera that was very suitable for all sorts of stuff and you guys didn't i think that's fair to say yeah mine was uh was an unmitigated disaster i think is the way to phrase it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think be fair. Let's wait till we get to it and let's let M call it an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's official. It's an official unmitigated disaster then. <laughs> All right. We can come back to that. We can come back to that. Let's not like presuppose and, and give away you know, all of the uh, the drama that's going to unfold in the ne next hour or so. But I think, you know, first to give to give due to all of the people that have contributed uh, this time. Graham has actually uh, put together a whole bunch of show notes for us uh, and with links to everybody's posts, whether they be in Instagram or wherever they are. Uh, and uh, we are now going to well, Graham is now going to leave us through uh talking through some of those shots so graham um where are we headed first yeah this has been great guys the response this time has been wonderful um i think it's definitely the most people we've had take part so thank you very much to everybody if i have missed anybody i am really sorry i have scoured Flickr and instagram and everywhere not twitter because not twitter um but um i hope i've got everybody if i haven't i said apologies and please do let me know the first one we've got up is images from danny roberts who is at hennapotamus on instagram uh these are some images from a role um that he's taken using a nickel matte FTN bought with a 50mm 1.4 nickel lens with complementary fungus for $7. That seems quite cheap for that. I don't know Nikon, but that seems quite cheap even with the fungus. Um, 
The lens used for this particular challenge is a Kalimar Nikon mount 35 to 70 meter zoom reversed. Uh, and the film is expired Walgreens house brand. Um, so it's all really good, high quality stuff. Home developed in the Unicolor C41 kit. Uh, roughly $1 per roll and then scanned in on the good old Epson V550. So, um, guys, you'll find Danny's pictures are in the main folder on the Cheap Shots Challenge. And I think there's one, two, three, four, five pictures from Danny. Can you all see those? I can. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They... So, uh, the first one we've got up, um, as I'm looking at, is a bottle cap. Um, over to you for some judging. Uh, well, judging. The first thing I'd like to do is judge your comments because it's not a bottle cap. It's not it's a bottle cap, Graham. Yeah. Canister. Yeah. It's actually, oh, yeah. I think it's a Kodak canister, actually, because I've got one like that, the yellow one. You pleb. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really like this. I really like this. I mean, there, there's a lot of people when they take macro, myself included, and you know, they'll, they'll try to get the center frame completely in focus and, and everything else is kind of blown out towards the edges. The fact that this is is composed more interestingly with the, the kind of zebra stripes of the can on the left actually being in focus um, really interests me. And I, I love the colors. That, that Kodak yellow, the Kodak red of the tin, fantastic. Okay, the next picture up from Danny is um, a really, I really love this one because I do love a good flower photo. Uh, that, I don't know what that is. It looks like maybe a tulip or something, but who knows? It's so close up. Um, what do you think, Em? Um, yeah, I, I, I love the stamens. Is that the right word? Yes. Is that the right word? Um, oh, the gardener knows. Well done. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I love it. I think the colours are, are, are mental, to be honest with you. Um, it's really rich, saturated, and I just I, I love that he's uh, he's managed to get some clarity. It's photo, photos, macro photos of flowers are really, really hard for me to get personally so yeah I, I like it i'm very impressed as well that he's managed to get the focus point so accurately just on sort of the pollen right at the end i mean the, the bit that you want to see clearly is the bit that's perfectly in focus and then everything else is right out okay the next one is a picture called um hens and chicks which is another uh floral picture um which i, I really like this because i think i love the structure of these plants what plants are they uh, they are, yeah, they're called house leeks or hens and chicks. Oh, well, hens and chicks is actually the name of the ah. plant, is it? All right, okay, all right. I can see that. That That's kind of cool. I like that that's called that. Very nice. I don't see that at all. <laughs> well, what you have to understand, Em, is that, that, that oh, I can't believe I'm going to go into this on this program, but that, that plant has little like offshoot babies that form around the side of it. So you get one big one in the middle and then lots of little ones that form around the edge that then grow. So that's why it's called hens and chicks. Uh, I thought it was because they look, it looks a bit like um, beaks, you know, in a nest that are all kind of coming out. <laughs> that's where I was, food. Rach. Now I'm with yeah. you on oh, that, good. Rach. I'm glad, I'm glad. All right, excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, Gardener's World will be back with <laughs> next Sunday, three p.m. on Radio Four. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, again with, with with the clarity. So, uh, again, I don't know what to call them. Looks like kind of little fuzzy bits, hairs coming off the the, the individual leaves or or hen's teeth. Uh, I, I think he's he's caught it really well, and you know he's managed to get a bit of a spider web in there as well. Next one from Danny is a classic picture. It's a rose. A rose by any other name would surely smell as sweet. Em? 
Veins, love veins. He's oh, got gross. the veins. Um, <laughs> I, I think, to be honest, Danny, I, I don't know whether he's done any uh, macro photography before, but I mean, it, it's a really solid set that, that, that he's that he's put forward for the challenge. And yeah, th this one is no exception. I think we should probably, because um, we haven't mentioned him. The reason, I mean, apart from just the delight of having your charm and wit on the show is you've done quite a lot of macro photography yourself, haven't you? Odds and sods. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've, I've done bits and bobs, yeah. yeah. So when you're shooting for yourself, what kind of stuff are you looking for to make a good image? I mean, what? Because I find it really hard doing macro stuff. The, the combination of trying to get get something close and sharp and in focus and also make an interesting photo out of it is not easy. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I, I'd look for, if I'm shooting color, <clears throat> then I'll look for colors that I know are going to get a, a good response on the film stock that I'm shooting. Um, if I'm shooting slide film, I'm going to uh, cross process it. Then, you know, I, I just try to remain aware of how that, that color is going to respond. Um, the main thing for me, I guess, is is capturing texture, and it can be it can be a little bit overwhelming with with flowers, especially um, because well, you take this rose for example, you've got um, the, the, the 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 texture of the individual petals, you've got vein patterns, you know, you've got stamen, you've got um, bits of pollen, you might have insects kind of actually inside the flower itself. I mean, it it, it can be really difficult, but but generally I'll, I'll start on one aspect that I like and I'll normally just just switch and change up um, as I see the image in the viewfinder so you know but when you're actually looking at the at the, the image on the on the ground glass for example um, quite often you might find that what you wanted to focus on with your eye is completely different to what you want to focus on when you see it through the through the ground glass so quite often you know, maybe pick a, a, an element of the petals and then suddenly realize it looks kind of shit um, and then refocus on, on something that I perhaps wouldn't have seen had I not been looking at the flower through the viewfinder or, or ground glass. Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually, that stepping back, um, because as you said, when you're looking straight through it, you do just get your eye gets drawn to what it naturally does, but that doesn't always make for a good picture. Cool. Um, the next one, and I think this is the last one now from Danny, uh, is a picture. I think this one's of a Kodak uh, film canister, uh, my trained eye tells me. <laughs> Kodachrome, baby. I absolutely I, love this shot. I think it's just beautiful. The colours in it remind me very much of um, uh, Mervyn O'Gorman. You know, the very first colour photographs from 1913 of the, the girl on the beach? You know, the reds. The reds in it feel very much like that. That's not one that <laughs> I'm acquainted just, just with, me, actually. We should, we should probably all go and Google that, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, that, that's, uh, it's, um, we'll, we'll take your word for that one. <laughs> Okay, it, it was um, it was the teenage uh, girl who um, was in a red swimsuit and had like a red cape, uh, and he shot her on the beach in in Dorset, um, yeah. and it was absolutely uh, they're absolutely beautiful. They're um, really quite haunting because obviously that's so early, and the, the reds in the in the colours are just absolutely wonderful. So the reds in that shot um, really made me think of that straight away as soon as I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, um, do you know I, who I'm talking about? I, I do. Now that you describe the photos, I remember seeing a, a set of those uh, a, a couple of years ago. I think that they were released as part of an exhi 
exhibition. Yeah, they were on at the National Media Museum. I was really upset. I didn't manage to get to see them in real life, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, absolutely wonderful because she's she's actually like a strawberry strawberry blonde, and of course, from 1913, you wouldn't generally get to see you know colours of hair and the clothes that they were wearing and things. So it's really quite magical, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the reds especially were what made me go, oh yeah, this this is very uh, you know. Um, it harks back to to those photos for me straight away. I'm yeah. just looking at those now. It's kind of, it's. I think seeing colour pictures from that age it just makes them not feel like they can possibly be that old. There's, I know. There's something it's, about seeing colour pictures like, no, that must be from the, the most 1970s, but no, 1913. Uh, yeah, well worth googling, guys. Go, get on the Google and Mervyn O'Gorman, and um, yeah, cool, cool. Um, so the picture, M. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, he's gotten so close. He's actually managed to capture printing defects, which is which is awesome. Um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm with Rachel. I mean, the colours here are incredibly striking, incredibly striking, and it, it, it's it's a very very strong um, photograph just for those colours for me. I, I, I love it. Awesome stuff. Right, the next person on our list, uh, and I think. We have to give a special shout out on this one to Neil Piper, who's at Neil underscore Piper on Instagram uh, and on Flickr and everywhere. Neil really went above and beyond on this. Um, he took the challenge. Um, Neil made the interesting choice of his cheap shots camera being a pinhole camera and, and a Zenit SLR that he converted to pinhole, which obviously is going to offer some limitations, uh, but he's not letting him hold, letting that hold him back. And um, he worked out an entire technique for using the pinhole camera with, I think it's a lens from a mobile phone macro. You can buy these cheap things you stick on the front of your mobile phone to give you macro or fisheye or stuff like that. And um, has got some fantastic shots. Um, he's got a blog post on this up on his own website, which I think is neilpiper at blogspot.com. But if you check his Instagram account, you'll find it. And we'll put it in the show notes, probably, won't we, Aid? Um, so, yeah, check out how he's done it. But, yeah, I want to give Neil a real shout-out because he, he really has created not just some pictures, but actually a technique and a, 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 a way of going forward with this, which I think is really impressive. Um, so, um, M, rather than go because there's quite a lot on here, do you just want to sort of go through and sort of chat about what Neil's done in general and pick up maybe a few of your favourites. Oh God, there's there's so much. <laughs> um, it's it's an amazing album, and if if you get a chance to to check it out for the show notes, guys, just just spend 20, 30 minutes going through because I mean there, there are some amazing photos here. If I didn't know that this was or that these were taken with a pinhole camera or with a pinhole lens. I, I would assume that they were just taken on a on a, a a macro lens of some sort. I mean, they are fantastic. It also looks like he's he's used um, an alternate developing process, maybe pyro, or perhaps he's done some uh, black and white tinting in uh, in in Lightroom because they, they've they've all got a lovely kind of ready brown uh, tint to them. I think um, I think it's the latter. Yeah. I think I think it's um, I believe from memory it's black and white and then tinted. I think, but I could be wrong. Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, for for me, the the three standout images have got to be. I mean, they're all untitled, unfortunately, but it's uh, untitled number five, number eleven, and number eight. And untitled five is 
it's a close-up picture of what I can only assume is some kind of a, a stamen head bulb explosion. I mean, it's it's um, it's lovely. Just the, the the tones from the center going out to the leaves um, on the edges are fantastic. Um, number eleven is a rose, and it's it's a little bit darker than the rest, but he's he's managed to get quite a. Um, I don't know whether brooding is a word that I would like to apply to rose, but it's got quite a, a brooding look to it. Um, the other one, as Flickr just loads here, is number uh, number eight, which is uh, um, a, a, a flower head, I guess, cut, um, placed face down onto a wooden surface. And it's, I mean, that, that's probably my favourite, guys, uh, mm. of, of these three. I mean, it's just... It's wonderful, and again, pinhole. Who would have thought it? it, it it's not sharp, but it's not what I would expect from a, a, a pinhole macro photography at all. I like no, that because it's it's a bit of a different view of a flower, you know, from the from the underside and with it being put face down on onto the wood surface. I think that's what makes it unusual and interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. I think n number just if I can add a fourth one. I think number nine, which it, it looks like it's. Uh, some kind of some kind of lily, um, which is is very very soft. I mean, there's there's very little kind of separation between the the, the petals that make up the head of the lily. But it's it's again, I, I'm 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 really surprised at, at how good these are. I, I really like them. And I mean, because the the thing of using the pinhole is that the depth of field, which is the biggest problem with trying to shoot macro is the depth of field is so thin. You, he's got an incredible amount of depth of field on here. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I wonder, I mean, I, I, I can't find any notes to accompany the album here, but I'm just wondering how long his, his longest shot was here and, and actually what, what pinhole he, he used um, for his conversion. Because you, you, you mentioned it was a converted camera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have a feeling. I, I you know if we look on Neil's um, website, all the information will be there. But um, I I know that Neil works in a frugal way, and I think it really is this case of getting. I don't know whether it's a pinhole that he bought or whether it's one that he made himself and just taped it on the front of the camera. I've seen this camera, <laughs> glamorous it ain't. Um, but Neil's doing been really focusing on on using pinhole as a media and and he's just he's applying it to whatever works so w when we were doing the previous one which i think was a kind of street photography or portraits he was just walking around taking pictures with it and you know not worrying about things like tripods and stuff like that it's like no this is going to be what's going to be and got some really interesting results so it's very cool um right next up on our list of uh, wonderful champions is uh, Jonas Lundstrom, uh, I apologise for pronouncing that wrong, which I definitely have, who is at Colomatorn on Instagram. Um, hey, uh, late night sign from Colomatorn here to uh, share my Cheap Shots Challenge entry. Um, they were shot with, I'm trying to find out what it is, uh, uh, well, uh, old Russian gear and newish Lomography macro lens from a Holger Fisher. I There's actually a picture of his stuff there, and I think it looks like it's uh, a fed camera i think um yeah, I think but, it's uh, there you go so um yeah what do you, here's a picture up on the thing so um what do you think of those um 
it's dead birds, right? <laughs> yeah, dead birds. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Jonas has a, a special place in my heart, and, and <laughs> he knows this. Um, he, he is a mad experimenter, and if he were in any other country, he would be labelled as a mad scientist, given a basement, lots of money, lots of lightning, and would be tasked with creating something. I'm wondering whether he tried to reanimate this bird. I think as far as as far as kind of belt and braces gear goes, um, yeah, uh, this really is is typical of what he does. I I think it's fantastic. Um, It's it's not a subject that that I personally would have picked. Let's let's say that. But the 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 second shot of the the bird's head with the beak and the half closed eye. I mean, it's it's good. I, I, I like it. It wouldn't have been mine, but if there's one thing that I've I've learned over over the course of, of, of being, um, it's that um, stuff that doesn't stuff that isn't uh, sorry photography that isn't isn't my typical um, uh, choice for for kind of capturing myself um, can quite often be. Uh, turn out to be something that I'm interested in. And so it, it, it's a it's a constant surprise being being faced with with photography that I didn't really think was my bag, but then turns out to be. I, I don't think I'll be going out and taking pictures of, of, of dead or, or shall we say, sleeping animals. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's resting. Sure, that, the bird's not dead, it's just dozing. Be. Um, but you know, it, it it has merit, and I think he's done. I think he's done a very good job of of cobbling together this 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 fed to monstrosity that he used to take the uh, to take the photo with um i'm interested by the fact that he appears to be shooting uh one frame at a time because he's got the back off the camera and it looks so like he's just taped some film in place so we can take one picture develop it see how it's come out and then go like one at a time um I mean, I'm assuming that's what I'm looking at. It seems like a really arduous way of going about it, but I suppose it makes a lot of sense when you're um, trying to see how things come out. Because the biggest problem I had, and I think it is, well, again, it's one of these, it just goes with macro photography, is getting the lighting right. It's hard enough when you can see what you're doing all the time, but getting light evenly on something that you're so close to. Um, that's a, another thing of Neil's photography that I was super impressed with was um, how well lit things that he was very, very close to, because uh, normally the camera is in the way of the light source. Um, I, think, I think what Jonas is doing here is using the scotch tape on the shutter with the shutter set to bulb uh, as a um, focus screen. So he's actually checking focus, because if you if you can see, the, you've got the camera lens, the Duplo figure, and then there's a tape measure underneath it as well. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me ah. if he's... The, the the tape there to check his focus so that he knows how far he can get objects away to achieve the macro that uh, the, the macro focus that he wants of course yes because being a rangefinder there's no way that he could find out otherwise you could not looking through the lens so ah well and, good that that's and you have to be a mad scientist to think of that kind of method in the first place so there you go Send him a lab coat. Just to make sure I've understood that. So that 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 fairly clear scotch tape on the back of the shutter. That's he would be using that as a as an equivalent of a ground glass. I, I will leave him to confirm um, in in Twitter, Facebook, or uh, Instagram comments. But 
because the, 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 this particular type of scotch tape is matte, um, so essentially it, it has the same effect as taping a piece of tracing paper to the, to, to the same part of the camera. I mean, I, I used uh, I used <clears throat> uh, baking. How was it baking paper, or uh, I used some kind of um, breeze-proof baking paper uh, when I was um, well, not when I was uh, several times over the last few years when I've been building DIY cameras and I want to check focus but need a, um, a weird-shaped focus screen. So I'll just grab grab a piece of tracing paper or breeze-proof paper. Tape it to to the actual uh, to the film gate um, behind the shutter, so the film plane. Um, get myself into a darkened room, and and then use use a torch to light the subject to make sure my focus is correct. It's exactly um, what I use with the uh, with the kids when I show them how to make the pinhole viewers, uh, because obviously it's not as a pinhole camera, uh, but it gives them that ground glass screen in inverted commas. Uh, it's using the tracing paper. I did have a go with baking paper. I found it was a bit too um, a bit too thick actually, and it. I couldn't actually see the image properly on it. So the tracing paper seems to work really well. And the scotch tape obviously is, looks like it's doing the same job. Yeah, looks very cool. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really simple. Thank you for, for having my back there, Rachel. No Is worries. These two guys just sound baffled, really. I, well, I, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. so you get me, so I... I, I I am not the world's most experimental photographer, and and yeah, I wouldn't have had a clue what that was there for. I would, but um, uh, so you know, I'm learning, and this is oh, this is great. So for me, we're now talking about photographs that listeners have contributed to around the cheap shots challenge, and I'm learning loads and loads of stuff about it. that. It's awesome. So thank you, Jonas. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jonas. Yeah, the uh, the amount of times I've been running around like the kitchen with various different tubes, looking through different tubes and trying different baking paper and all oh, that one's no good. No good. <laughs> so scotch tape is a new one on me. So that's really, really good. I might use that at some point. Thanks. Yeah. OK, next one up is a London Camera Project um, at London Camera Project on Instagram and Flickr and I think maybe even Twitter as well and secretly known as Robert but he doesn't put his name on anything even his own pictures on Flickr but Robert we know it's you um uh Robert's pictures I've put Flickr links in there guys uh, and also I think at least one of them is in the main folder but the Flickr links probably these they are um all flower photos so have you got those in front of you uh, I've got uh, the first flower one. Um, I'll just try and find the Flickr link that has his too. Thank you. Yes, got it. Great. Okay. So um, let's see. Well, let's go through the Flickr links. That's probably the easiest way of looking at them. So the first one is of some uh, nice yellow, it looks like kind of wallflowery flowers. Wallflowery flowers? I've gone really worse. <laughs> really worse. Um, so Robert's shooting with uh, an OM10 um Classic reversed 50mm 1.8. We've um, got a lot of reverse lens here. and uh, Or an extension tube. So he's gone both ways with that. And good old Agfa Vista 10. It's good uh, getting an OM10 for an, uh, and a film without, you know, for under 20 quid. That's pretty, pretty good. I, do you know what? I think over the last few years, I've had, I've had three OM10s for very little money come to my hands. As Excellent. I've said before, those cameras, they, they nobody grabs them. And they are great cameras. They're such a good camera. I love it. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, sorry, yeah, M. Uh, judge away, please. Um, wall flowery flowers. <laughs> I, I would have thought that as the resident botanist, is that the right word? As, Not as, really. As, no? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, maybe yeah, I was I too much. Yeah, I think I botanist is overplaying it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man, man with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I, I am constantly surprised by uh, Agfa Vista. Um, it's it, it's a film that I've taken for granted. I've, I've shot a lot of it, uh, I, and I, I still take it for granted. I I don't understand why um, people gravitate towards certain more expensive films when, to be completely honest, I mean, Vista gives you, it gives you richness, it gives you a saturation depending on how you shoot it, and it gives you a clarity. I think the, the clarity is something that's missing here, but I think that's, that's um, partly to do with lens reversal and, 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 and potentially free lensing or extension tubes, but yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a really nice submission. We were actually talking to um, uh, to NASA last week, weren't we, Graham, about about Agfa Vista and obviously with it no longer being sold and what have you. But one of the really awesome things about it no being sold in the UK by Poundland, I think, it, is the best. Yes, that that's sorry. Yes, that's that's right. Um, it wasn't being sold in Poundland anymore. And what was really nice about it being sold in Poundland was the fact that obviously it was really cheap. And um, it's uh, I think NASA was, was saying as well that you know that's that's one of the best things about it is getting people into film photography. It was a, a chance to to try out with this really cheap film uh, and get some really interesting you know sort of like test shots and things so uh, it's lovely to see it in all its glory here in this in this photo um because the colors are beautiful so can yeah. i ask before we move on to the next photo thing because I, I i've shot with the the poundland film as well and uh, i still have a few rolls of it in the freezer so uh, you know uh, although they don't sell it in the uk in poundland anymore and i think i found it elsewhere for about four quid but <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. so how do you know I I've struggled with the color on it. I've struggled to draw out vibrant colors with it. So Em I was interested when you said just then it's about how you shoot it. So is is there some good practical rules of thumb that could you know for shooting that film to get the best out of it? Yeah I I think um so a very quick tangent. I mean if you look at a black and white film um people will typically recommend that you you if in doubt that you overexpose uh, black and white film because it's got the exposure <clears throat> uh, latitude or sorry the 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 exposure range to be able to handle overexposure you know you can pull it back in the dark room you can pull it back in light room um, I think whilst people are, are happy to to mess around with black and white negative um, they're not so happy to mess around with with color negative in the same way and a lot of people are also very wary of underexposing their shots um vista in in my experience tends to do really really well if you underexpose it a bit um, especially if you're shooting it on a on a bit of a, a gloomy muggy rainy day um, there's there's a review that I that I self promotion apologies do I do, do I need some kind of alert or a wooga sound before I do <laughs> um, there, there's a review that I that I put up very early review um, for Agfa Vista 200 um, that I shot on a on a 1950s lens and those photographs I mean they are still amongst my 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 favorite photographs taken with that film and they were pretty much all of them were were underexposed 
just a little bit or because it was kind of a, a rainy day, a muggy day when I took the shots for that particular review, they, they were just taken in, in generally kind of darkened or darker surroundings. So, um, yeah, I think give it a shot with a bit of underexposure and, 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 and see what you think. Oh, um, yeah. It doesn't it, it doesn't have the finest grain. I mean, it's it's uh, to all intents and purposes. I, I guess you could say the closest film that we still have to Vista 200 is um, Fuji C200. Um, <clears throat> so if you're familiar shooting that and you have a particular look that you that you obtain with with Fuji Color 200, then do it with Vista because it's essentially exactly the same film stock. It's interesting. We um, after having NASA on last week, I said to NASA does not like Instagram because he's very concerned about the way that the image rights are handled. Despite the fact that you're putting photos anywhere on the internet these days, he's like, "Well, they're everyone's now." Um, the <laughs> one picture, he, the one picture he did let me share was a picture of a cardboard box filled with Agfa Vista. <laughs> 200 so it's just a picture of a cardboard box because he's got a hundred roll box of ag for photo vista um and em because i know how much you love the fact that pictures of cameras get more likes than pictures of actual things this picture oh, of a cardboard it's... this picture of a cardboard box has got nearly 200 likes um oh, God. <laughs> but, but the point um uh scd underscore uh SCD underscore digital underscore photography commented on it. And um, he was saying how much he liked the uh, Agfa Vista and that he generally shoots it at 800 ISO and on occasions pushes it to 1600. And I asked him, what do you do with development? He said, I just send it to Max Spielman <laughs> and just, you know, it's just developed the same as you normally do it. So, um, right. yeah, so, so yeah. There you go. You're talking about two stops of underexposure, or well, two to three stops if he's going to 1600. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, Fuji, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I, I had a shot, uh, I, I had, I, I used to shoot a, a Fuji film, it's called um, uh, Fuji Premium 400, or Fuji 400 Premium, and it's a Japanese-only um, 400-speed stock of, of Fuji color. And it is, it's supposed to be finer-grained or blah, 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 you know, better than um, uh, Fuji Extra, you know, the... the Fuji Extra 400 stuff. And I accidentally shot a roll of that. Well, no, I shot a roll of that at 1600 and forgot to tell my lab to, to push it two stops and got it back fearing the worst. And it's, it's insanely good. Um, there's very, very little hint of, of underexposure in there at all. And the colors, I mean, they're so, so saturated. Uh, Typically, if you're gonna if you're gonna overexpose a film, you'll get um, pastely colours. If you're gonna underexpose a film, you'll get more saturation. That that kind of changes depending on how you push and pull, but that that's pretty much the best rule of thumb. And because this is this is a conversation that we've had in the past, and you just very quickly wrap up on this. You, I'm sure, have spoken to various different people about this, and obviously had your own experience. Em, when it comes to uh, pushing colour film. Do you think, I mean, after that experience, when you sending off um, C41 films to the lab, do you tell them to push it or do you tend to just let it ride now and go, well, just develop it as usual and see what comes out? And, uh, unless I'm doing something a little bit left field, I will just let it ride. Yeah. Um, just just process as normal. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff I've been doing um, over the last year or so, which is... Um, <clears throat> 
overexposure plus push processing in less than optimal light. And, you know, Ektar um, has been my focus for that. And it, it's just a, a ridiculously unpredictable film. And I, I'm just getting to the point, I think, where I know what it, it'll do if I overexpose and overdevelop um, on a on a dark day and then overexpose and overdevelop on a bright day. I mean, you shoot that stuff in the bright light at um, at uh, 200 and you, you 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 push it. Sorry, you shoot it at 50 in the bright light and then you you push process at one or two stops. It comes out looking like slide film. I mean, the the colours are so intense and uh, intense and so rich. I mean, the reds are just. Going back to what Rachel was saying, the reds are so intense. Um, you will think for a minute that what you have there is slide film. I mean, it's 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 bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Cool. Right. Well, let's move on from a film that we're all very familiar with to one that I'm not particularly familiar with. In Robert's second shot, um, again taken with the OM10, OBS, uh, but this time on Natura 1600, which I think is another Fuji film, isn't it? Um, you're probably the only person out of us who have shot it. If anyone knows. Yeah, I, I really, I have not had a good experience with this film at all. But <laughs> I mean, this frame is just, it's bloody brilliant. It's stunning. <laughs> Look at it. Yeah. It, it's just mind blown, really. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, you've got the, 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 the turquoise going into blue at the top, green at the bottom. You've got these ridiculous reds yellows oranges pinks i mean and, and then you've got the the b it's just hat off really wow amazing yeah we probably should say it's a picture of a bee on a flower a dahlia to be precise <laughs> uh, dahlia, yeah. Yes. Yeah. and and it's just so I'm focused on that bee wing as well you've got all that detail you can really see those veins in that bee wing can't you yeah i mean it's you know, having having a look at his notes, and you know, it's a um, a flipped uh, uh, Olympus fifty one point eight lens. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that at all. I mean, this is I. Everyone needs to go and see this picture. It is stunning. Yeah. Um, you can find a lot of these pictures in the Sunny 16 pool on um, Flickr, so that's a good place to go. The last one from Robert is uh, the picture of the gorse bush, uh, the spiky, spiky gorse bush with a healthy dose of flash by the looks of it as well. Actually, this one looks like it's from a different camera. So you know what? We're going to discount this one. I think he's just mucking around with that one. So we'll discount that one. Then, that's not with his own 10. Scratch from the record. Okay, well, uh, following that little first batch, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back with another batch of listener photos. Okay, next up, we're going from some lovely floral photos, some good patriotic photos here. So these are shots from uh, Gutterman, Mike Gutterman, at Gutterman Photo on Instagram. And I'm very glad to have these pictures because Mike was quite miffed that he missed the last Cheap Shots Challenge deadline by a day. And he had some really lovely portraits as well, which would have been most deservedly included. So um, 
Yes, first picture up on this one. These are all on Instagram. If you look at the hashtag Cheap Shots Challenge on Instagram, you'll find these pictures. The first one is this very patriotic. Uh, looks as though some painted wood, I'm guessing, because of the nails and the wood grain. Um, Aid, uh, Aid, M, whoever you are, over to you. Um, I, I, I really like this. I mean, Kodak, Kodak uh, Gold, uh, Kodak Color 200, I don't know if they're different, but they're... <clears throat> They're much maligned films, in, in my opinion. And I, 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 I just really like this photo. I think it's, it's intense color, super close up. I love the wood grain, fantastic. Awesome stuff. Uh, next one from Mike uh, is a, oh, flowers are always popular. And as it says here, because macro challenge calls for cliche flower shots, my life just calls for cliche flower shots. Um, so here we go. That is a, looks like a, yes, it's a sunflower, real close up of a sunflower. Yeah. I, I thought this was some kind of sea urchin or something when I first, when I first saw the photo, I, I, I love how it goes from kind of a brightish yellow on, on the top right down to, um, you know, way down to brown and black as you get down to the bottom left. I think it's great if I if I hadn't read his uh, his notes to say that it was a uh, uh, a sunflower. In fact, no, it's not even in his notes. I think you told me. Oh no, it is. Yes, it is in the notes. Um, I, I would have still assumed that he'd shot this underwater somewhere. <laughs> okay, the next one is a good familiar uh, image for all of us here who are fans of cruddy old cameras uh, and is a picture of a polaroid swinger front end you're a bit of a swinger <laughs> and what's your thoughts on this as a fellow swinger i i do i do have a swing um uh the kids don't like it because i monopolize it quite a lot but uh <laughs> i guess you're, you're probably talking about something else you filthy animal no, um just talking about swings then i don't know what you mean <laughs> oh okay um yeah i think it's it's not very often that I well I take but I don't very often see macro photos of, of cameras. Um, it, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yep, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, oh, just interesting because I just find these spoilers. Um, Mike's shooting using a Pentax SF1N, uh, which is one I'm not familiar with, but I'm guessing it must be an SLR Pentax because he says he's reversed the lens on this. Classic reverse lens. Um, it's interesting with the reverse lens and um, because I'm... These are square cropped. Now, obviously, we're looking at these on Instagram, but you can have things that are not square cropped on Instagram. So I don't know whether it was a deliberate choice to square crop it because to cut out some of the outer focus areas or whether it is um, just because of Instagram, but uh, nonetheless. And I think the last one we've got here from uh, Mike is a picture of, oh, this is a, another good mm -hmm. vintage thing here. Um, the sprockets from uh, an old uh, audio cassette. <laughs> Either that or it's part of the Death Star. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it looks like the the front windshield for a Tie Fighter. Oh, even better! <laughs> I like the classic um, where they have a pencil next to a um, a, a cassette, and um, they they show this to like young kids and go, "Okay, so how do these two work? Why would you use these two together?" And they're they're always completely baffled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I you know I, I used to use big pens, you know, not not those heathen pencils back in the day but you know each to their own yeah it's good I, it's um 
it's a, a subject I would never have thought of as being a possible subject for macro, but I like it just shot straight through and it's given a really weird effect. Okay, um, thank you very much for those, Mike. Next up, Zach Ribbing. Uh, Zach, um, famous, I would say, for his horse's head pictures in the last <laughs> round of portraits, which I will never forget about. They will live with me forever. Um, so, uh, Zach carrying on his shooting with his Minolta XGA on a reversed 50mm lens. Uh, and the first picture is a close up of somebody doing some colouring. I'm finding yes, it it, I'm finding it hard to believe that that is is shot on film actually. I mean I know we're looking at this on Instagram but it has a real uh, a, a grain free um mm -hmm. structure to it. Yes. Yeah. I mean the, it, it it's it's quite interesting you know. If you say the word Minolta to a lot of film photographers they they they, they turn their noses up. Um they somehow think that Minolta is a, a cheap brand, not really worth of a, of, of a second look. And it, it's completely the opposite. I mean, Minolta were, I guess, um, I mean, they were optical geniuses um, to, to, to the point where even, um, you know, Hasselblad's um, much vaunted kind of Acumat, Acumat D um, focus screens, they were made by Minolta for Hasselblad. Uh, and and th these are some of the most ridiculously expensive, but ridiculously awesome focus screens for medium format cameras that you can buy. So when when you're talking about Minolta glass and you're talking about the, the, the clarity, the sharpness of, of glass specifically on film, I think um, Minolta is right up there with 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 with, with Zeiss and and with Leica in terms of um, kind of corrected. You know, amazingly, amazingly sharp stuff, and you're absolutely right. You, you, you can't see nary a, a single chunk of, of kind of silver halide in this shot, and it does look like it came from digital. It's, it's, it's stunning. It looks like stock photography, to be honest, and that 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 actually is a compliment. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. No, I get what you mean by that, and I see what you mean. Yeah, in a good way, it looks like something that is really professional. Yeah. Yeah, I quite I like really the fact like that, that. that Zach's uh, his actual sort of like copyright on that is is also very macro. It's tiny. <laughs> I don't know if you guys oh, can see it. Yes, I can. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, in the wow. corner. Yes. Yeah. He's gone yeah, for the theme. I, I, I do really like that, and also I I just I'm as always with macro stuff. I'm really impressed at how the focus has been nailed and also just the composition which i think is always spectacularly hard i just really like that picture um yeah, okay i'm not sure whether it was intentional to have such a a bright color as being you know the the, the actual pencil that's being used um I'm, I'm i'm not sure whether that was intentional you know whether he actually or, or the the hand model uh, actually was just drawing and, and zach just said all right stop there i want to take a photo but it, it really um, it really gives a, a fantastic contrast to the picture. Yeah. And speaking of fantastic contrast, Zach's next picture is something completely different and yet somehow completely familiar as well. It's a lovely nature shot of it looks like some sort of um, grain in the field. I don't know which one it is, but uh, some sort of crop growing out yeah. in the field, some grass or some sort. Um, <laughs> quite different. And what do you think? Yeah, no, it is. It is very different. And, you know, for, for being a, a, a photograph of, ostensibly exactly the same color <laughs> across the board. Um, he's managed to, to isolate the, I don't know, wheat, barley, 
I, I wish there was someone who knew something about about botany here. I'm a the, gardener, not a farmer. <laughs> I might sound right. like one sometimes. All right, my lord. Um, sure, all right. <laughs> In a twist, um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's it's a lovely example of macro photography. Lovely stuff. Okay, next one. We are on to the photographs by John Roberts. Uh, John sent them into uh, Facebook, which I ignore, but he also put them in the Flickr group. So thank you very much, John, for doing that. And they may well appear somewhere else as well. Um, so John is shooting with a free-to-him Nikon F100, apparently approved by Rachel for use. So this has been cleared by the committee. Uh, and a Zeiss 50mm um f14 with nikon p11 extension tube i mean this this all sounds very expensive but i mean i'm sure it's all fine we're all pretty easy going it was a free nikon um and so the first picture is of a conifer branch nice and green conifer branch yeah super green super green and that's that's fuji green for you right there it is, isn't it? It's it's so distinctive that when I look at that, I think because um, uh, I use the um, Fuji um, two hundred in in Shanghai, but the greens are just exactly the same, which is uh, which is cool. Yeah. So uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yep, must be." <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, it's, it's it's beautiful, and and it's it's really not. I mean, you know, taking taking pictures of of flowers um, at home is one thing, but taking taking a macro picture of a tree that, that that's outside even on you know even on a rather still day it can be a challenge in in patience to to wait for that bloody thing to stop moving yeah i as i often the only chance i have to take photographs is when i'm out at work and the only things that are at work with me are bloody flowers and it, the slightest breeze and you well I'm, this isn't working this isn't working at all because the movement is especially doing macro because you're so close up and um, the shutter speed's going down it's, oh yeah it's a real nightmare so getting a good picture and something like that you do need a really perfectly still day for doing that so um, nice nice job there and the second one up from John uh, as he clicks away frantically is another dahlia set the return of the dahlia I don't know if this is the same dahlia that we saw um Robert's picture on earlier seems unlikely. I think this is just a weird coincidence. There are two similar-looking dahlias. Um, but uh, yes, over to you again. Are we, are we're looking at number three, right? Ch uh, cheap shots. Yes. Chapter three. Yeah, I, I could swear this was an ex-pro photo. I mean, that, that, the contrast on that dahlia is mental. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it, well, yeah, it just looks like it's on fire. It, it, again. Um, another another very difficult shot to take to take outdoors because he's at he's at that kind of <clears throat> he's at that kind of distance where you can't stick your hand behind the flower head to hold it in place whilst you take the shot um, and and you know you, you've still got enough in the frame around you to 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 be able to see any kind of shake or any kind of tremors that's caused by wind or you know dogs kids breathing stuff like that. Yeah, so, and also yeah, the, the depth of field is there's enough depth of field to get the whole flower in, so the, it wasn't wide open, um, so you couldn't right. have as much shutter speed as you wanted either. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Glad. No, it's, it's really, really well done. Glad to see some dust on the uh, image as well. There, we, we, I love me some dusty eggs. Makes me feel <laughs> like I'm not alone. Next up is this analog life, uh, which I think is this underscore analog underscore life on Instagram. Um, 
we have got, uh, and you find all these things on the hashtag cheap shot chance. Nice one. There's a nice low down shot of some grass taken uh, from floor level, quite literally, uh, on a Rico uh, KM10M. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, an SLR or a point and shoot or what that is. You got? You guys got any idea? I haven't got any. Nope. No, no idea. I really not. I like this is one of the first um, shots. I think possibly the first shot we have from somebody in Australia, mate. Good day, mate. Crikey. Oh, <laughs> Chuck another rule on the barbie. Um, so it's been the perfect opportunity for me to use that wonderful accent. I've been saving it for all this time. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, one listener in Australia who's just hung up. Um, uh, em, can you see that one? I, I can. Um, and... I mean, that, that was just awful, really. <laughs> just awful. Um, I'm talking about your accent, not the photo. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> that really was not clear, Em. <laughs> I know. Right. I, know. I had, to, had to kind of track back, but, you know, I'm from Austria, mate. I mean, come on. You know. Can someone mute uh, Graham's microphone remotely? But, uh, We've been trying to do that for quite some time, Em, and it's not worked yet. <laughs> but... The, the easiest way to do it is just record the podcast a day before you tell him. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Um, no, yeah, the the KM10. If if I remember, that's a um, plastic. It's a consumer SLR uh, made by Rico. If maybe <laughs> I could be wrong. It might be a, a rangefinder, but yeah, um, I I think. Grass is a an oft forgotten subject for close up photography, and I, I say that as someone who recently rediscovered the beauty of taking pictures of grass up close. <laughs> it might it might sound ridiculous, it might sound stupid, but you know, quite quite often the simplest, most oft forgotten uh, subjects um, provide the most effective results when it comes to stuff like macro because it reminds us what you know reminds us about things that <clears throat> we we might take for granted just on our on our kind of daily walkabout at least that, that that's what it does for me you know it's all it, it's lovely taking you know seeing pictures of flowers and uh, insects and this and that and the other but I, I kind of prefer to um, look at stuff that I, I might forget in my daily grind. So I, I, I really like this and you know, the scratching, the, the, the dust on the shot, it kind of adds to the, the fact that you know, this analog life just, just went out and, and took something that, that he or she found interesting at the time. Job done. Yes. I probably should have mentioned when I said this analog. This is Luke Banfield, so I'm reasonably confident it's a he. Um, so sorry, Luke. Um, and you know what? The second shot that he's got, <laughs> also fits in perfectly with this kind of things that you're forgetting about because I, I, I really love this shot actually it's one of my favorites um of the footprint in the sand um yeah I, I really like this there's just something about the light in this and the um sand grains reflecting and stuff I really like it yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you there I mean it's you know he's he's tagged it as as being expired film and and um, no doubt that it is but the the color from that film I mean, it, to me, it's, it looks like something that could have been taken kind of um, just after, you know, kind of early morning or, or, or late just before dusk because you've got those really lovely muted tones. And again, there's 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 a, a, a bucket of, of dust um, on, on the frame. So, and it just it, 
it partly just it, it either looks like stuff that's floating in the air that happens to have been been caught and bokefied or just just kind of additional detritus in the sand is it's fantastic yeah i really like that one lovely stuff thank you very much for those luke um next up we have got our recent um star of the podcast uh at this is jella on instagram angela with her shots for this um now let's see what we've got we've got a couple of pictures here she was shooting with some point and shoot wasn't she what we've got here a pentax sbo 120 sw is this the one that um angela ended up using when she came to liverpool as well rage uh, actually that one didn't oh i don't think that one came with her no um but she did have a few disasters with her cameras in a similar fashion to myself um where uh, it just completely stopped working there were some other ones that completely stopped working so i'm glad to see that she managed to uh, to find another one uh, that would work for her um and yeah it's great great to see her her bits and pieces on here that's great yes so the first picture up from angela is uh in traditional um macro style it's some flora and fauna uh it's berries and some leaves on a tree got that one em <laughs> sorry i was waiting for the leader i don't know who you were talking about <sighs> it's just um, it's some berries and some leaves on the tree leading <laughs> i i've actually used the um the, the spo um point and shoots before and the, the 120 is one that i for some reason lusted after about about three years ago I mean, it, it, it's a ridiculous Pinocchio of a camera. And <laughs> but the, the lens, it's like, where do they hide the lens? No one knows. It just, it just keeps growing. It's just there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's a really good effort from a, from a point and shoot, not something that, that you'd really associate with, um, with close-up or macro photography. Yeah, it's um, in the second shot from Angela, um, which it looks like it's a picture of some hydrangea flowers. Um, she actually says in the thing that it's on the, the farthest zoom she can and it's as close as she can get. But yeah, she wasn't sure whether it quite classes as macro. I mean, not macro, but certainly close up, I think it counts. And she's using Lucky Colour 200 film for that. So, um, yeah, she also what do you think of that one? Sorry. I was going to say, she also says, regardless, his camera is great. Sharp lens from that tiny camera body. So she uh, <laughs> also feels that that is, uh, where on earth do you put the lens? Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, the, the, those for, for point and shoots, for cheap point and shoots, I mean, and they are ridiculously cheap. Um, you, you can get some really cool results from them. But the, the, the Lucky 200, I mean, Lucky were, uh, or Lucky Group, who used to make Lucky Film, or lucky retail film um, were were often seen as a joke by some photographers just because of the the the, the apparent quality of their film. But I mean, you, you you take that stuff and overexpose it, and it's stunning. It's stunning. It's it's just sad that for the moment, you know, there, there's no more lucky lucky branded color film out there. But you know, let's let's see what happens, eh? Okay, and the last one of our um, contributions from our awesome listeners, it, it had to be from Dave. I would, it would not be a Cheap Shots Challenge competition if Dave hadn't got an entry in. Um, and his was in good and early and in traditional Dave style. It's quite off the wall. So this is a picture of a spider on top of a dandelion seed head 
taken through with light coming through a prism to give a rainbow effect. It's all going on in this picture. Um, taken using his, again, I think it's a Minolta 700 SI um, that he used to shoot this because that's what his cheap shots camera is. What do you think of that one, Em? It's pretty um, Pink Floyd. You know, and, and, and until you describe this to me as a spider on a dandelion head with a prism going across it. I thought this was some kind of weird sea creature underwater, some kind of battling double hard bastard shrimp. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the color is just, it, it, it's great. <laughs> you know, it's great. I don't know whether he glued the spider to where it is, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing to get the spider having its is uh, is it the front of the spider who's that, that's legs are up or is it the back of this? I mean, what is it? Is it really a spider? Did he just? Who knows? The thing with Dave is Dave doesn't share a great deal, um, but when he does, it's almost always insane. And quite often, you really have to look carefully to figure out what it is you're looking at. We have absolutely been caught out in the past with that. Going, what is that? What is that? Oh, it's a monkey bugging a guy's head. That's that's wasn't what I was <laughs> expecting at all. I, I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I like it. Yes. So, um, as always, but thank you. Know you I've just followed him. I'm going to give him a like. There you go. <laughs> Everybody should be following Dave. It's it's not the most overwhelming content-wise because he doesn't share that much stuff, but his photos are are often just quite insane so it's it's great we got we won these days eight we keep saying we're gonna have to get dave back on here we just need to uh, we haven't spoken to him for ages have we so yeah dave if you're out there listening yeah put down the potter's wheel and come back and talk to us about photography yeah so, rachel hasn't been exposed to that yet so. <laughs> yeah. i look forward okay. to it so we have just been so i mean we've just spent what the last uh, however long it's been i mean this is a, a fantastic set of photographs that listeners have submitted so thank you everybody that has submitted photographs uh this is you know clearly the the uh this is uh the the best round yet i think of uh certainly in terms of submissions of the cheap shots challenge and uh there's just some awesome stuff out there and um, the fact that people have got these very very cheap cameras and are using them in incredibly creative ways is, is great i mean you know i think uh all, all three of us have had our uh, on the show here have had our challenges in in this round of the cheap shots challenge um uh, partly due to you know the cameras and the equipment as much as the creativity but seeing how people are overcoming that limitation with the creativity is just amazing so now to uh, the team competitive element of this show uh, which is where M is going to decide uh, which of the podcast team here has uh, made the best efforts and got the best results for this round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. So to build the suspense, we'll put a little bit of music in here, a quick break, and we'll be back with you shortly. Okay, folks, here we go. Uh, for some reason, I find myself wanting to reach for a, you know, uh, some snippet from the Book of Revelations or something like that, you know, and, and, and judgment shall fall upon us. But uh, it, is, it is that time. So, uh, Em, I think we're going to look at Graham's photos first, yeah? 
I, the smiting shall start with Graham. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. It kind of it, it feels, it feels kind of bad pitting you guys against each other. I mean, you know, we all know who's going to win. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very adversarial, guys. Come on. I mean, that's fine. As long as the person we all know is going to win is me, I don't see what the problem is. I mean, that's what we all signed up for, right? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right in thinking whatever it is that you think. But uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's focus on your photos first, shall we, then, Graham? Yes, yes, definitely. yeah. Let's you know, <laughs> cream right. of the crop, rise to the top. Okay, so let's have a look. Um, oh, that's it. I found the file. It's called Graham Win One. <laughs> JPEG. Um, and 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 yeah. It's two insects fucking. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean I that's think, nature think... documentary at its finest. And they're very small insects. I want to make this abundantly clear. This is no big fat bee we're talking about here. These are two very, very small flies. Did you buy them you in dinner first? Piece of <laughs> they were on my windscreen. <laughs> On your windscreen. Well, I, I think that's it's it's a, a fantastic effort. Uh, well, well done. Um, whilst you were stuck in a traffic jam on the M6. Um, number Graham Win Two. <laughs> now, is is that some kind of wasp's nest? And uh, no, that is actually just. Um, oh, sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Is, no, 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 I don't is it care. An egg box. Egg box. Graham Win Three. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, what is it? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure no one's tuned out by now. Go on. <laughs> it's um just some wood, some old rotted wood. Some wood, wonderful. Okay, right, number three. Um, <laughs> That's very dismissive. Oh, I, this is. I'm being railroaded here. Go on, crack on then. I see what's happening. I I I, I actually I kind of like number three. I, I like to I like to imagine you took a close up of some spider's eyes, but it looks like the meter around a, an Olympus trip. Uh, close. I think it's actually the bleat around an old um, Canon Q, uh, Canon, yeah, QL19, I think, one of the old ones, the rangefinders. But uh, yeah, yeah that's what it is. It's very cool. It was great. I got that camera um, from a car boot set for like a fiver or something, and it had a roll of Kodachrome 2 in it, which also was from the 1960s. And um, I did actually develop it at home and managed to get two spectacularly hard to pull out pictures on it. But there was a picture of. Um, <laughs> Some oh god, I can't remember the name of the places now. They're on my Flickr stream, but yeah, real good grainy pictures. But I was actually able to pull out visible images from this extremely expired, processed, long since gone film from that camera. So I've never shot with it myself, but you know, what, I'll get around what, what to it. I mean, how did you take the photos? Because unlike the the community submissions, um, the photos that yourself and and oh excuse me, uh, and an aide submitted don't have any info the, the camera the, the flip lens the film is it your okay. phone yeah, sorry, <laughs> I just use my phone. No, this all right. So my camera for this M is the Olympus IS one thousand. Are you familiar with this bad boy? Uh, I know the LS ten. I've, that's probably nothing like it. The IS-1000 is, is um, a bridge camera. It's uh, one of the most beloved groups of cameras, the bridge camera. So you get so all the bulk of this. Oh, there you go. You get all the bulk of an SLR and 
all the functionality of a point and shoot um, but it has really nice glass on it um and then to get close i picked up in this literal box of camera junk uh the arse end of some huge lens i have no idea what it was part of or what it was ever meant to be used for um but it's got a couple of elements in it and i just held that on the end as a magnifying glass i remember um, you talking about this on on previous podcasts yeah, it's quite cumbersome. Uh, the focusing distance was, I think, about one centimetre in front of that piece of glass. And the depth of field is, as seen, about half a millimetre. If that. Uh, that's, that's bonkers. That's absolutely... And what, what film did you end up using? Oh, that's good old Agfa Vista. Agfa Vista. Nothing better. Lovely. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice shot. I like it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, you know, shots kind of four and five, taking a picture of a, an aperture dial on a lens, it's a bit lazy, really, isn't it? Well, no. What that is, Em, is, is showing thought and creativity with the available resources. And also, look how well and evenly lit it is, considering it's taking a picture of a reflective item because it's metal and it's very small because it's, it's a vintage Kodak folding camera. So it's very, very small. And, I mean, you can even see the machining marks in there. I mean, really, that is an exemplar of macro photography, I think we can all agree. I mean, you can see how they were, the, the paint was brushed in to the markings on there. Oh, it's, it's a wonder. It really is. Yeah, I still smell bullshit, but okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I love, I love the little zoomy effect that you've going on there. No, no doubt because you were shaking in anticipation of, of winning this, uh, this particular part of the competition. Um, <laughs> Yes, no, it, it, it's nice actually. Uh, of the two, so you've got the um, shutter. I'm, I'm guessing distance or shutter speed dial, probably uh, distance with the aperture, and then you have um, just the uh, f16 aperture on 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 number five. Uh, of the two, I prefer number five just just because of the clarity. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. You've got you've got kind of machining marks and stuff there. It's very cool. I'm not sure very it's sunny macro. 16, right? So uh, it, it's, it works for the, for the podcast with it being sunny 16. Uh, he just wants brownie points. Wants <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I'll make no bones about it. And you've got to admit, it's pretty macro. I would say arguably probably it's, one it's of the most macro shots. It's, yeah. it's not pretty macro. It is, it's, it's highly macro. It's I'll, beautifully I'll macro. I think we're all in agreement. Um, that's, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not sure about number six. I mean, we've already discussed, it kind of looks a bit like a dried testy. <laughs> I've not been in the company of a dried testy. Look, what you need to remember is that this berry, which is what we're talking about, is about three millimetres in length. And I was free... Um, free holding this there's no tripod involved because obviously that would require some sort of organization on my part so i'm just holding that and uh and managed to do that even on a windy day uh and it's you know it's the focus points kind of in the right place and look at all the lovely colors I've got red and the purple and the green yes um aid and rage <laughs> And he thinks he doth protest too much. <laughs> Do you know what? That was exactly the phrase that's been going through my mind for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Listen, that's I just know that you, you're an inexperienced judge. And this is what happens with inexperienced judges. Sometimes they just need a bit of nudging in the right direction to see the qualities of the pictures in front of them. Otherwise, they get a bit confused and flustered. We, I, don't we think you're helping, I don't think you're helping your case there, Graham, calling <laughs> in an inexperienced judge. 
it's, it's, it's technically um, adequate. And, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Technically adequate. That's possibly the nicest thing anybody's ever said about any of my photographs. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think you managed to uh, to, to to take um, <laughs> a photo. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's nice. I, the, the red slash purple is nice, but it it still does look. A, if you turn it to the left, it does look a bit like a a, a testy on a lab bench. But um, <laughs> I think that says more yeah. about UM than it says about Graham's photography. <laughs> who envisions what a testy on a lab bench is going to look like? What what has been cannot be unseen. <laughs> Ah. Well, well, you yeah. know, all right. Can we can we right. can we look at Rachel's picture? What file is that? I'm just going to find it. Well, it, it's the one that Rachel very modestly labelled as Rachel fail, and, <laughs> and actually, and I, Graham labelled it. <laughs> what I, I was going to say, Rachel. I I think this is beautiful. <laughs> This is this is just a chicken. Do you know what? I'll take it. I will take that as a compliment and say thank you very much. Uh, thanks no, very I, much, Em. I, I really like it because I know I, I know earlier in the week you shared you shared I think a couple of frames or a couple of kind of neg strips that you'd shot using Abe's um, uh, Abe's uh, capture app. Yes, the film and lab app. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's uh, what is this? Vista uh, two hundred. That's right. It's an um, Agfa Vista 200 from Poundland, one of my one of my roles I had in storage. Yeah, with exactly the same markings as Fuji Color C200. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's it, it looks like cross-processed slide film. Um, does, I think doesn't it? Very cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think um, uh, you know, seeing as I've been, um, how can I say, I've been rather strict with with with. Uh, with the past participants, who I shall not name, um, I should be as strict with you and, and say, if you wanted to submit the work, you, you should have done a proper scan, really. I mean, you know, it's... it's sure. uh, yeah. To be honest, but, no. I, got to the, I got to that point and I thought, God, nothing nothing <laughs> has come out on this roll. One frame has come out on this roll. It's taken me three bloody months to get to this point. I've dismantled everything. And uh, I just got to the point where I thought, no more, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I like it. I have no idea what it is. I don't know whether it's a flower, whether it's some kind of sculpture that's nailed to your wall. I mean, that is well, actually very well, accurate. It is a sculpture nailed to my wall. <laughs> well done. Cool. Yeah. And is it is it made from the ends of, of, of hangers from H&M? It's not. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I'm a charity shop girl myself um, rather than, uh, yeah, rather than buying from the shops. Is that kind of that that kind of leaves stuff hanging? But yeah, it's, no, it's no, metal, no. Right? It's it, no, it's it's actually plastic. It's actually white plastic, um, and uh, it's kind of a sort of they call it algae actually, um, and it's kind of um, a sculpture type thing that comes in parts, a bit like Lego because I like building stuff, um, right. and you kind of like fasten it together and then hang it you know from a wall or wherever that kind of thing so um so yeah so i managed to get so that's actually two shots of it it's hanging up in my bathroom actually oh nice no it's 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 baffling but it's 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 really nice it's really oh, nice thank I, you. I, I, if you if you get around to to getting uh, getting kind of uh, scans done of it i'd be really interested to see what the true color ends up looking like 
Okay, I will do. Yeah, they came out very psychedelic. I don't uh, because obviously I'm using my Android phone. Um, I think um, there's still some bugs and things that are being fixed, obviously within the beta test that Abe's doing. Um, so who knows what color it'll actually kind of like come out at? But um, but yeah, I, I I enjoy the fact that they're all coming out quite psychedelic and like you say, almost like the slide film cross processed and what have you. Yeah, it, it looks like it looks like um like. Uh, Fuji T64, you know, their, their kind of tungsten slide film. It's, mm-hmm. it's and what what, uh, what what camera and, and lens combo did you, did you choose? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I was stuck with this camera called the Big Yellow Camera. That's literally the model uh, name. <laughs> um, it was £3 for the box. Um, it came in its plastic wrapping. It had a, um, a roll of Kodak colour film. Um, in it originally, a case, a little instruction manual and the actual camera itself. Oh, and a battery, which had obviously exploded over the years. So the battery got thrown away. Um, But I thought, well, I'll try. This was, I picked this one up for £3 um, for the portrait round. And I thought, well, as it's got, you know, an expired film anyway, I'll pop that in the back of the camera and I'll shoot that round of the Cheap Shots Challenge with uh, with that camera. Um, and only one uh, image more or less came out of, of that one, um, which obviously I put down to it being the, the film because the film was about 30 years old um, yeah. or something anyway. So I was like, it's clearly been left by a radiator and, you know, the, the film's, you know, totally stuffed. So um, that'll be the problem with it. So I thought, well, I'll hang on to, obviously, because now I've, bought the camera now I've invested my three pounds <laughs> I am I'm not getting rid of the camera so um so I thought I'll hang on to your, that using your ISA allowance you invested yeah exactly exactly um so I thought I'll hang on to that and I will obviously use that because uh, for the next cheap shots challenge um because that's part of the rules you know you have to use the same camera um and then it turned out to be bloody macro as the uh, as as the theme for this one um and checking in my um um, manual for man there was a manual for the camera instruction booklet um the minimum focusing distance was 1.2 meters um which obviously presented something of a challenge for the cheap shots challenge um so therefore the only thing i could think of to do was to obviously look for magnifying glasses or you know free lensing it or putting some other lenses in front of it but obviously i couldn't see that <laughs> see where they were for, for one thing um so in the end i found that the biggest magnifying kind of glass i got was in my um old from maybe 1900 or what have you magic lantern enlarger kind of thing that i'd accidentally won <laughs> at a um, posted on instagram yeah right? that's right yeah so i dismantled <laughs> right. that uh, with this huge piece of glass Sorry. inside yeah um and then i kind of like made a sort of setup with chairs and things in the dining room and, and put put sort of like balanced it across the two chairs that i could have the still life underneath and that i could shoot with this camera that would have a minimum focus of 1.2 meters but hopefully get a macro um uh, sort of or close up at least um shot of something um and shot the whole role and did various different setups and different still lives and all sorts of things um and one frame came out at the end as you can see which is the one that i posted <laughs> so um there's definitely something wrong with the camera it's a complete bust um and uh, unfortunately that is going to have to go in the bin and i will have to i will just have to get a new camera for the next i, I was going to say so for the next cheap shots challenge you you will definitely be using something else i will definitely have to use something else yeah absolutely this this makes you rachel now the second 
out of a team of only three who's had the bail on their cheap shot camera. It's terrible, isn't both it? of yours have turned out to be those. But my Olympus IS-1000 cracking on like a trooper. Still going. I know. Yeah. I am most impressed. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's definitely a 12 out, of, a 12 out of 10 for effort there. Yes. Thank you, Em. Apparently, I wasn't being classed on effort, but I'm so pleased you said that because <laughs> I put blood, sweat and tears into getting this flipping shot. So uh, thank you. That's yeah, made I, all I, worthwhile. We, <laughs> I would not have had the patience, to be honest. <laughs> I, would I would have just given up. Right. And then we have Aid. Hello, Aid. Hello, mate. I'm I'm ready. I, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm ready to face the music. Do you do you have anything to say in your defence? <laughs> uh, Graham made me do it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, in, in that case, yes. Um, well, un, un, unlike unlike the other two hosts uh, who are uh, who employ a just in time method of organisation, it looks like Aid has actually gone and put together a Flickr album, which I'm sure he'll share, won't you, Aid? Uh, yes, it's 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 public. It's just uh, uh, under, it's called CSC Macro uh, under my Flickr account. Um, <clears throat> uh, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> um, Bring it on. <laughs> so, tell us, tell us about the camera and the the, the lens that you use. And and I, I know you, you you posted the picture of the bumblebee's bum. Um, uh, was it last week? I think. Yeah, my, yeah, like back end of week. a B. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, is there anything you can tell us about about the the camera, the film, the challenges that you had to overcome in in order to post these uh, eleven pictures? Well, sure. Yeah. So, uh, my cheap shots challenge camera is actually an SLR. Uh, although it is it is a 110 SLR, it is the Pentax Auto 110. So I initially thought macro was going to be quite easy for me because I thought that's okay. Uh, I shall just flip the lens and free lens it, and everything will be fine. Um, sadly, there's some I know little device inside the camera body that says if I have not got a lens attached, I am not going to fire the shutter. Uh, yep. So. <laughs> From that point, I had to improvise. Uh, so I had to leave the, the lens on, uh, which is, uh, it's it's actually, uh, I guess you'd call it a normal lens for, for uh, 110 film. It's a 24 mil. And uh, I then went to uh, my one of my photography drawers and, and picked out uh, a Nikon lens um, and reversed that. So actually, uh, my method of shooting, if you will, um, was to... Uh, put the it was to hold the nikon lens in front of reversed in front of uh, the lens on the pentax and to shoot that way uh they're a bit like graham that gave me a a focal distance of, uh, of about half an inch uh and a wafer thin uh, depth of field to play with uh Sorry, so did you say wafer thin uh, I, I didn't but i possibly should have done thank you for correcting you my pronunciation so uh <laughs> So, uh, yes, my wafer thin uh, depth of field. Uh, and I was thinking, OK, so uh, and I did 
to as you can see some of my photographs are taken outdoors and are uh, of uh, flowers and i experienced what people have talked about so far which is that that if, if there's even a slightest breeze uh, these things are, are wavering around so to be honest I'm, I'm i'm quite surprised i got anything at all in focus uh, but I tried to do some stuff indoors. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if you call a picture of a watch face a still life, but I tried that. Uh, took a took a photo of of uh, one of my children right up close uh, of my son's eye, and then of uh, you know some portraits of some Lego people and <laughs> a, the le- the now legendary back end of a bee photograph uh, where I had to chase bees around the garden and hope that they didn't mind me being only half an inch from them when I took the photograph. So you're, and, and you're fully, I mean, at the moment, you're fully aware of whether you're allergic to bee stings or not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I considered that. I, I'm, I'm prepared to suffer for my art and, um, you know, that's neither here nor there, quite frankly. Right. Well, no, I've, I've got a, I've got a, a, a Pentax uh, 110 also uh, myself, and yeah, they they're really fun until you try and do interesting stuff with them, and, <laughs> and they just become a pain in the ass. But um, what? So was this on 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 Lomo? What do they call it? Uh, lobster? No, not lobster. Tiger. 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 Is tiger so- not red scale. No, oh, no, 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 lobsters, lobsters the red scale, or whatever. Um, right, and then tiger's the colour, and then orca is black and white. Yes. Uh, so this is, um, and this is basically the only uh, 110 film I can reliably source. This is the Lomo Tiger 200, uh, which is great because uh, for those who know about uh, 110 cameras, the, the 110 standard was designed to support either 100 ISO or, two, or 400 uh, ISO, or I suppose in those days, ASA. Uh, film uh, and actually uh, the way the cameras tell the difference is there's a little notch cut out of the plastic canister that tell it whether it's a faster one or a slower one so what you're doing what I'm, what this is doing is essentially shooting the 200 speed film at 100 so yeah. it's it's overexposing by a stop even before you start <laughs> you, you you took the nerdy words right out of my own mouth that that's yeah it's it's i don't know i think it's really cool i've, I've tried so many um, kind of uh, expired 110 films from Coda Colors and Fuji's to Agfa's and uh, they've all been a complete joke and you know it, it, it's kind of sad that Lomo are the only guys who are making 110 film but it's still it's nice that we can still use these cameras because that I mean the, the 110 the 110 Super I mean they're, 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 they're pretty fucking awesome cameras to be honest with you I really like it it's loads of fun I mean it, it's a bit small and fiddly <laughs> But, you know, uh, but it, it, it's loads of fun to use. And there's it, there's you know, something of a I like the results you get out of, of 110. In, uh, you know, there's, there's something because the grain is such a feature because the negative is so <laughs> small. It's yeah, it really you, you, it's almost that you have to be quite sort of pictorial in your approach to, to shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Well, I think of, of, of the 11 here, I mean, if I can. There, there, there's there's kind of two that, that that stand out to me and that's the eye which is number two um in the uh in the flicker album and uh number three which is just mad it's i think it's called almost a flower all right okay you like that one cool 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, if you... I'm as surprised as you are, Ray, I really am. <laughs> you know, those are the two that I would have said as well. That's so weird. Like, um, like everything that you've said so far, I've pretty much gone, yep, yeah, he's going to say this one and that one, and they seem to be exactly the same. Uh, it looks really magical. It's got, like, dust on it, you know, like, sort of sparkles and things. Yes. It's very cool. Yes, Sucking exactly. up to the judge won't get you the win, Rach. Okay. And, oh, and, no. oh shut up. Just to clarify, Rachel, can you start talking the set at the same time as me? So let's just go one to ten. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're both talking at the same time. So it's not Rachel putting on a voice. It's not me putting on a voice. But, yes, those, those little sparkly bits. Some may say pixie dust. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they they really make that photo. And if you if you cropped it and flipped it, I mean, it would look like something growing with kind of, you know, aurora borealis in the background. It's just it's 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 a really really lovely shot, however fluky it may be. Mm. It's a shame that the vignetting is so lopsided, isn't it? I mean, the, the framing of it really has kind of just nosed it right up. But get over yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one of these cameras and understanding that the lab techs may not really understand how to scan 110 film, I can forgive that. I think you should too, being a gracious loser. <laughs> <laughs> I will never be a gracious anything. <laughs> oh, sorry, I haven't announced yet. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's um, it, in terms of in terms of the results that you got as opposed to what you were shooting and, and what your intended result was. Um, that, that one, it really, it really stands out for me because, I mean, I don't know what the hell it is. It just, it, just looks, it just looks so abstract, so magical, I think. It's, 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 it's the other end of what I believe macro photography should be. Um, you know, on the one hand, you've got, you know, kind of... Good stuff pitch perfect clarity you've got you know great depth of field you've got great uh, magnification blah 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 and then on the other hand you've got real experimental close up you know it's it, it i i really like it i really like it well thank you very much um, i'm trying to remember what it is actually i've got a feeling it might uh, and and uh, you know our gardening expert might help us out here i've got a feeling it might be a, a dandelion yeah that that would fit yeah uh, that's a good close-up bit of dandelion i should believe that because you know, um, get get a few of those growing out of my lawn. Because you know, uh, my lawn is not as nice as I'd like it to be. It's not like when you go to Wimbledon to watch the tennis or anything like that. So, um, mm. yeah, I think. I mean, if any of it was in focus, it would be easy to tell. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably a really good point, actually. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. 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 I think M just fell off his chair. <laughs> no, I, I very, very nearly did. Okay. Uh, I love that. All right. So I, 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 love, I, I, love, I love Graham's little attempts to kind of claw back some, some, some kind of sense of Well, let, let, let's, let's, give, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, M, because, I mean, you know, to, to, to be fair to Graham, I, uh, you know, um, you, you, you've, you've kind of you've treated me with kid gloves so far. So you, you, you focused on all the best bits of mine and all the worst bits of Graham. So, so to, to pick, pick a couple right. of mine that you don't like and, and and tell us for why. Well, I think I think I think the the, the watch face is um, just what were you doing? 
<laughs> well, I mean, right. uh, the, so enough of that is in focus that you can tell that it's a watch face. I was I was simply trying to um, uh, take a photo of of the face of my watch, but I think um, Graham's Sunny sixteen, you know, aperture dial one with all the uh, acknowledged machine marks, I think is is closer to the impact I was trying to make with my shot. But clearly, shooting handheld, I was a bit wobbly. Oh, so you were cheating? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> You were looking what he'd done before and then trying to beat him. No, hmm. not in the slightest. I hadn't seen his shots until this morning. But that's... <laughs> I, I think if, if, if I, you know, I, I have been a bit, a bit uh, publicly overly hard on Graham. I think with the exception of his shagging insects, <laughs> um, which is just, just baffling, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> just... What anyway? Um, uh, I think the 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 last of the two macro shots is 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 very good, and I think it's it's very very close. And the results that you got are better than I would have expected from the combination that you mentioned. Um, I think uh, Rachel has a a, a a very high score for 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 effort. Yay! <laughs> um, I will uh, take it. <laughs> um, but I think in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of what's here, in terms of what what catches me as a as a macro shot, I mean it's the colours of that weird upside down dandelion just just do it for me. If it wasn't for that, it would be the eye. Um, <clears throat> I think there's the, the other the other pictures personally for me Aid, in in your album. They're they're good. They're they're okay. There are some which are better than others, but I think that that dandelion really, really does does stand out. And it's it just you know it looks like a vegetable rocket going off. <laughs> <laughs> it does, you know, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a good. Uh, now you say that, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just just you know it, it really it really captures the eye. So I think um, I think you know a a a a win for you in terms of the the. The, uh, the 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 presenter um, efforts. Um, Yay! Oh, <laughs> wait, enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, and a, a technical nod to uh, to to Graham for for doing doing his best uh, with his insects. And um, yeah, a uh, I would say an, an an experimental wink to Rachel for doing something that the rest of the community should be proud of and testing out AIDS app, uh, Abe's app. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's awesome. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, let me just um, dust off my uh, acceptance speech here because, to be fair, it hasn't <laughs> hasn't had much use in the last few rounds. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I would like you would... at this point. Um, can I just clarify? Because I mean, all of these pictures could be looking blurry to you by this point. Is that what it is? Is that, they, they all just become much of a mushy muchiness? Uh, hang on one sec. Uh, uh, I have prepared something just for you. If you're ready. You lose. You lose. <laughs> I was hoping for a better one, but they're, they're all they're all far too long, so apologies. And for uh, those actually, of us who couldn't quite hear that, what what was it again? Uh, sorry, that was the the end of a Street Fighter Two match when the character says "You lose." Oh, that! Oh, yes. Okay, great. Well done. <laughs> yeah, 
the only ones, the only other ones that I can find are, you know, you win, perfect, and that, that's kind of that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's uh, that's so. So, without wanting to uh, lord it over my colleagues too much, thank you, M, uh, for uh, some astute judging uh, today. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Graham and Rach for uh, for trying. Um, and <laughs> providing some background to my success. Um, I can't believe. Can, can we just look at the irony of this? After I won the portrait challenge, which is ridiculous, you now win the macro challenge with a picture of a bloody flower. The world's gone bonkers. <laughs> That's a, when you put it like that. It is a bit arse about face, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. I think that sums us up quite well, actually. Cats I think that sums up living together. Yeah. Oh, well, once again, we proved that the Cheap Shots Challenge has drawn out the, the best of us. Um, you know, it's it fo- helping us to focus on, uh, on how we interact with other human beings in a positive manner. And <laughs> well, the, one and, thing, em, the, the one thing, before we move on, the one thing that Em hasn't done for us is um, picked his, his personal favourite from the listeners' entries. Ah, yeah. Ah, good oh, yeah. point. Good yeah. point. Okay, so I've I've got my all of the the millions of tabs that I had open um, are closed. Uh, however, I think I can very quickly click on the one that I liked. And I think, to, to be honest, my 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 gushing love for this particular film <laughs> when I came across it. I mean, you guys can 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 probably guess which one. Um, which one it was. Uh, if I guess right, do I win something? <laughs> uh, if your guess is right, Rachel, you win second place. Yes! Okay, so <laughs> it's the flower with the bee on right, it. With the beautiful... Yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> second place. Outrage! <laughs> okay, well, there we go. So... That, that particular shot on on uh, the Fuji Natura sixteen hundred yes. um, by London Camera Project, just, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it's just uh, fantastic. I mean it's yeah. I think in terms of in terms of what you guys are doing with with the cheap shots, you know, I, I, I don't think you can expect someone to find a, a, an amazing camera with with an awesome dedicated macro lens for for the. You know, twenty quid, thirty dollars budget that you guys have set, and and you know, the fact that that you've had so many great results coming from the community, ostensibly better than all of yours, um, <laughs> but uh, you've had so many great, great um, you know examples coming from the community is is fantastic in itself. But then for for this for this particular shot to be amongst all of them for me, I mean. You could have told me that was taken on a Canon XYZ with a blah 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 constant 2.8 blah blah blah, and I, I, I would I would believe you. There's no way I would have said that this was taken off a, a flip lens on a five quid camera with, a, um, you know, with a, a, with Natura 1600. You know, it's it's not a film that I would associate with this kind of photography. Well, I, I I'm very glad then that things worked out the way they did because that photo did turn up. Let's just say at the eleventh hour. I mean, I'm not saying it was after the deadline, but I am saying it may have been a fraction after the deadline. Um, so uh, I'm really glad that the way recording worked out, we were able to squeeze it in. So well done, Robert. It is a lovely shot. And um, but yeah, I, I just 
awesome all of them this time around have been cracking and um yeah what what a, what a wonderful response to it on a subject which i honestly thought no one's gonna try this this is really hard we we've done the easy things like portraits and street photography and no one's gonna try macro and yet we've got you know stuff like this stuff like neil's incredible experiment it's, it's been great um you know, I, I think for you, for you, you know, you guys to, to have chosen macro as a subject was was kind of controversial because it's not really something that you you would connect with cheap cameras because um, mm. cheap cameras it's kind of point and shoots and and you know well, point and shoots actually. So you know the fact that, that people have produced results like this is it's fantastic. It, it just goes to show. It's great. I think it's just really pushed everybody, given everybody that little bit of a challenge and, and um, sort of a nudge towards the, yeah, try things out, invent things, you know, solve problems, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm all for that. And I think that's what's been really nice about it. Yeah, yeah. Very well and, it's, and also, I think above and beyond, it's really shown what amazing quality of results can be had just by taking an SLR with an ordinary lens and flipping it back to front because a lot of really cracking shots have been taken with that combination and it really does show that you, you don't need a dedicated macro lens you can get great results just by whipping it around and working that booty you, you know what you're you're absolutely right i used to own a i don't know a bk2 or a pk2 or some nikon um reverse mount uh filter ring so essentially it had a nikon mount on one side and it had a 52 millimeter thread on the other so you could just uh, <clears throat> put the mount onto the camera and then you just screw the lens in using the filter thread and sadly um, i used it probably a dozen times uh, before i ended up selling that and all of my other nikon macro filter gear because i just didn't i i, I was paranoid about having the rear of the you know the rear elements of the lens exposed um, and, you know, I'm a bit of a clumsy sort, so, you know, actually having the lens exposed and, you know, I didn't want to bump into a bee, um, but yeah, <laughs> doing, doing this kind of free lensing and stuff, it's, you know, on a personal level, it's kind of made me think about what I can do about being a bit more adventurous with my SLR gear. Excellent. Well, Aid, I was supposed to be at work an hour and a half ago, so get us out of here. <laughs> All right. Say so bye. <laughs> <laughs> do I not get a shout out? I've got some gossip for you. No, no, we do. I was just gonna. I was just gonna invite you to do that. Actually, just as a as part of it. Yeah. So thanks again, M. You know, uh, astounding judgments as always. Um, and uh, you know, I look forward to to when it's my turn for the next round to inviting the judge. Uh, I look forward to inviting you back again for some more good judgment. Um, but never coming on this show. Again. Having said that, you you have you have earned the right for your shout outs by being on the, uh, by by the effort you've put in today. Um, so uh, yeah, tell us your news. Um, well, there's uh, the the third year of the Emulsive Secret Santa um, is going to be kicking off. Uh, publicly, hopefully next week. So hopefully by the time the the podcast goes out, uh, the public invites will be open. Uh, so year one, we had 120-odd uh, people. Year two, we had uh, just shy of 500 uh, film photographers internationally. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and year three, 
um, there's a, a private invite at the moment to help me iron out some bugs, but we're, we're currently sitting at about 160 people already registered before it's gone live. Um, so the Secret Santa is going to be going live next week. It's very, very simple. You sign up, you commit to spending a minimum of $10, £10, 10 anything apart from Zimbabwean currency um, uh, to purchase um, um, or send a gift uh, of that value to whoever you end up being matched with. Um, it's, it's, it's the player's choice whether or not they send um, whether or not they, they want to be matched with someone internationally. But the whole point is just to spread a bit of love within the film photography community. And, you know, there, there's that kind of $10, $10 limit or $10 minimum spend, let's say, just to get people thinking about stuff that, that, that they can send. And I mean, over the last couple of years, we've had some, some really fantastic uh, um Kind of gifts being sent over, and yes, it's people that they, they, they put in sweets, they write cards, they write notes, they they wrap everything. You know, it's just for, for me, it's it's a wonderful way for film photographers to um, do what they do on social media in real life with other people in the film photography community, and that's just spread a bit of love. So I've not done this before, uh, and yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to to signing up myself this year uh, to to participate. I think it's it's a cracking idea. And um, where would I go to sign up? Right. So that that's as of today, that's still um, a bit up in the air. My we we you know there's always going to be non or people who sign up just to just to freeload. And and to be completely honest, they just take the piss. Um, and last year we had, um, of the 490 odd players, I think we had 15 in total, uh, 15 or 14 in total who didn't, who didn't, um, reciprocate, um, in order to, to get rid of the no shows, I'm, I'm putting in place a couple of slightly more stringent rules. So my, my gut feeling is that registration is going to be happening via emulsive.org. Um, and I will be manually inviting every additional player um, onto the onto the game. Um, that, uh, as I said, that 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 is what it is now. Uh, that may well change by the time the, the the invites go out or the the announcement goes out. So, I think the best thing to do is just check emulsive.org for for the details whenever whenever this podcast goes out. All of the de- the details will be on there. Um, there's a couple of sponsors on board already, so I'll be announcing who they are and, and what they're doing at the same time. Okay, well, I, I shall look forward to that then. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I've already been thinking about what I've got in my camera drawers that might be uh, suitable for sharing. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I was actually thinking maybe maybe um, maybe Graham can donate the, the, the camera that he used for the Cheap Shots Challenge. You know, it's too good, and it has too many more rounds that it will win. Aid when we get Aid M when we get a, a proper judge on who's not clearly been bought out by Aid. Um, there's something <laughs> dodgy going on here. By, by, by Aid's wily ways, yes, yes. Yeah, but, it's, this I, is a Twitter I, thing, isn't it? This is this is just like, oh, you're not on Twitter. We'll just organise all of this as a backward backroom deals, and then stitch me up like a kipper. Well, I've, I've, I've got a, I've, I've got a bit of goss. I've got a bit of insider stuff if you guys want to hear it, and it's about Hamish, my my favourite person on earth. Yes, we do. Uh, so, um, 
Yeah, actually, in all seriousness, so so Hamish and I have been working um, uh, a little more closely together over the last few months, just in terms of uh, collaboration and, and reaching out to the film photography community. There, there's a couple of, couple of really really interesting things that are going on um, at the moment with him. He, he's 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 kind of he's got his lab coat on at the moment. He's inventing stuff. Did you know that? Mm, not sure I, mean, I did it. actually. In a Walter White way, or uh, what? What with a what? What? Huh? A Walter White way. Never no, mind. Breaking no, Bad. Walter White way. Okay, I thought you said he's a, a Walty White weight. What? <laughs> <laughs> do we do we need a breaking news jingle from Graham? Give him something to do. No, no, let him crack on with his rambling story. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, then, on the spot. Breaking news, please. That's the breaking news theme. Hey, shoot him in the face. No, no, I'm all right. I'm, I'm all, all right for that game. Like a, a Kermit the Frog. Like, do, 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 um, and I, I think at some point, maybe towards the end of this month or the beginning of next month, so October 2017, um, he's going to be making a bit of announcement about the stuff that he's been inventing. And it's, it's, all, it's all to do with film photography. I can't say too much right now, but it's designed to address a, a bit of a gap in in part of film for I can't that's, that's it's just crap really but anyway he's inventing stuff um it's 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 really really interesting um and in terms of if if you imagine where if you imagine how film photography has developed especially over the last couple of years in terms of um how people who are new to film photography approach it and what they do in order to get their snaps I think what what he's doing at the moment is going to be really helpful um, in that very non-descriptive kind of way. Um, I can't believe you made me break out the breaking news tune for this vague bullshit. This is worse than Polaroid's teaser. I, 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 I sent a message to say, look, you know, I'm talking to you guys at the moment. Do, 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 you, want, do, you, want, <laughs> do you want me to say anything? Right? Should I read out verbatim what he said? Yes, please. All right, he said, um, just talk shit about all the cool stuff I'm up to, inventing stuff, importing X, Y, Z, etc. <laughs> Great. Now, I, I, I have replaced... You can find us, Gornet. Yeah. I, I have replaced X, Y, Z with, with, obviously, with what the real thing is. But no, um, Hamish is at, at the moment involved in, in getting some... Um, some new film gear into the UK, as well as as well as developing some products, which I personally think are going to make lives easier for for people who are used to a more, shall we say, digital um, environment. All right, Ooh. you heard it here, folk. First, folks. Um, I, do, do, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. That's um, truly awesome news. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
truly awesome news yeah do you know what graham you mentioned it and and as we sit here recording this the 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 polaroid announcement countdown has got i know several days left to go uh but of course that'll be done by the time this podcast comes out so um uh yeah i'm trusting that hamish's news when it finally breaks is as awesome as whatever the hell it is that polaroid launches and uh, we're, and very brave of Polaroid to go the day after the Apple iPhone announcement. Um, they'll clearly find some challenges in grabbing headlines now. So okay, all right. Uh, I think we're done then, are we, folks? Is that our yes, is that our show yes. for this week? Please, God, yes. I think it is. Um, it's been a delight to actually meet you and chat um, on the podcast for the first time as well. That's been really nice. Thanks. No worries, I trust it, it won't be happening again after this debacle. But... Nope, <laughs> I don't know, you're my favourite judge so far. <laughs> my, my only judge so far, so yeah, I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well done, Rach, good, good strong second, Rach. Yeah. Thank you very much, silver medal, I'm happy with that. Rach, how, uh, Graham, how do you feel about your placement in this round? Uh, I feel I made a very poor choice of judge this round, that's what, how I feel. Yeah, it's I, it's I a travesty, feel... isn't it? It's a travesty. It, it's, it's an outrage. Okay, all right, I'll tell you what, now uh, we it is time to close this very, very special and dear to me show. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can find us on the internet, at Sunny16, on Twitter, on Instagram, on facebook sometimes and you can email us sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com thanks again to m uh thanks as always to chris at pixelated for photographer yes absolutely yeah so thanks again to chris at pixelated photographer for hosting the show and for the forums and thanks to rocker uh whose music uh threads through our podcast uh you can find their album on itunes or Amazon Um, with that being said uh, it's been good to talk to you it's been good to win and we'll see you next week goodbye thanks everybody bye bye